my God, people are like, you always post X, Y, or Z athlete. Yeah, because X, Y, because Alyssa fucking Cerna doesn't miss. Because Emily Smith doesn't fucking miss. Because Danielle Kussenberger hasn't fucking missed. Because Brandon Cooper is bodybuilding at an insanely high level. Absolutely, I'm posting them. They're you, getting gold stars. You want to know why I'm not posting you? It's because you haven't even earned a bronze star. What is happening, everyone? Welcome back to your favorite podcast, the Gordai Podcast. I'm Justin Mahaley, and I have a guest, an unnamed guest, that early in the podcast, I think you're going to be able to know exactly who it is. Be ready, because if you blink, well, I guess that wouldn't do much for you. Don't blink at the beginning of this podcast, and you'll know exactly who it is inside. We're going to do a deep dive into what is bodybuilding, some really exciting things coming up, some business entrepreneur talk. As always, have your notepads ready. I'll see you inside. Steroids, motherfucker. <laughs> Man, if you couldn't guess who the if you couldn't guess who the guest was, now I think you know. Tell what's your favorite steroid? Uh, <laughs> um Should we talk about it? Yeah, let's talk about it. Can I talk about that? I mean, you we can talk about it and then if you want to to air it, that's fine. I want to, let's talk about it. All right. Um, I had a sponsorship that I told you guys about on a podcast once with Ross. It fell through because they didn't want me to cuss and they did not want me to um, say steroids openly <laughs> on the podcast. Um, so do with that what you will. Um, I think the part that sucks about it, it was, um, it was an opportunity to bring a new type of influence into bodybuilding that's not here right now. And that's why it was such a big deal to, to me. And that's why I took it very seriously. The talks, the communication was extremely thorough. Um, so, you know, they, they wanted an ad on the podcast. Fine. You know, I'll do that. And that one was hard for me to budge on. And obviously I told you guys like full transparency. I believe in full transparency. Ross does as well. This podcast has made a lot of money off of sponsorships, and I love that. I appreciate that. It makes me feel cool. Like, I, I'm just sharing my passion, and I'm just bringing passionate people on. But I've built this thing into 3.8 million downloads in, you know, since March of 2020. I've built this thing into something that's massive, and, like, this is my brand, like this is grow. I live grow or die every day. Like Ross lives grow or die every day. A lot of you guys who tune in, you guys live that every single day. And like someone wants to come on and the monetary value was massive. Like it was pretty life changing what they were offering. Um, there was a, a huge opportunity for an influence within our community. It didn't happen. It didn't work out. Cause I'm not going to sell myself out and like sell myself short and have to be here sitting here like with Ross or, you know, tomorrow I have Phil Viz and Luke Carroll on and I, you know, we have to edit the things we're no, absolutely not. I'm not doing that. Free speech. Um, yeah, dude, like freedom of speech. Right. So, you know, they, they, they sponsor some, they sponsored the literal biggest podcast in the world. So it was a great opportunity. I know I told you guys there'd be ads coming. Fuck that. No more fucking ads coming now. <laughs> Not for now, at least. Um, I'm cool. I'm cool running with what I got. So steroids, motherfucker. With that being said, <laughs> what's your favorite steroid? Oh, I love 
testosterone replacement dose. Yeah. TRT. I fucking yeah. love it. Yeah. Anything above it, it's like I'm bodybuilding. Yeah. I feel that. Okay. Okay. That's an interesting way to put it. And yeah. I, I, I understand that. So like for me, when I'm on TRT, it's enhanced. It enhances my life. Yeah. Anything above that, I'm bodybuilding. And it doesn't, that doesn't make me feel good. You can feel that you're above the HRT. I, for the first, I chatted with you about this at dinner for the first time since my show. I'm above HRT. Yeah, I feel it. Mm -hmm. I, I feel it. And there's some positives. We're like libido's insane. Yep. Aggression in the gym is insane. Yep. The feeling of being a fucking alpha. Like I'm just walking around town lake and I'm like, yeah, I, I run this. Right. Like that <laughs> feeling is cool. Um, the sleep is so good. Right now, the sleep's really good. But yeah, dude, I just like, I, f I feel like I feel it in my heart a little bit, you know? Like, my values are good. My blood pressure is good. You know, my resting heart rate's good for being 260. You just feel it. I feel it. And yeah, I am, uh, I, I'm dedicated to my goal, to mm -hmm. my dream. Mm -hmm. And I know the repercussions mm -hmm. and the dangers and the risks. I don't like them, but I like what I, I'm okay with them. Mm-hmm mentally but i love how i feel on trt mm -hmm. like i love it mm -hmm. it makes me feel like a human mm -hmm. not a fucking roided out juice monster i don't like that feeling. you've seen the captain america movie i have not okay so in the first captain america um they take this soldier he's a normal guy and they put him in this chamber and there's all these potions that are mm -hmm. being and, and they show you know this happening and stuff when i'm on TRT, I feel like the first potion, you know, there was changes that happened in him. That's how I feel. And then by the end of it, he was this fucking superhero that could just take on the world. And like, when you explain that to like kids or like people who maybe haven't felt that before, who are about to feel it for the first time, like that sounds awesome. It's not really like that. You have to tone it down so much throughout the day. We had this conversation the other night at dinner. We were sitting there. We were having dinner. We knew the lady was about to say something, and all of a sudden, she just brings up, like, not, you, not to be nosy. Not to be nosy, but what do you guys do? Something in weights, weights or something like that? And Ross had, we were, we were riding back home together, and Ross had a really good analogy there, if you will. He was like, what do you want to share? What 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 is that? I don't want to misquote. Just share it. That's well, no, fine to share. Yeah. Well, this is uh, it's an the, LOL. I wrote this up in my my future stand up ah, bits. Okay, um, but I will share the synopsis. What if the roles were reversed, and instead of us being two males that had our muscles exposed, what if we were two very attractive blonde, busty, huge titted females? Yeah, and the waiter or waitress said. Not to be nosy, but do you guys like sucking dick? <laughs> like, protest. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. restaurant is getting shut yeah. down. <laughs> but no, with us, it's totally yeah. normal. I know. It's totally like totally normal. fine. How, how does that make you feel when people just like bring it up? Okay. So pre now, before? Yeah. 2022, Ross, 21, 20, 21, 21. 20, um, 21. <laughs> I'd get angry. Yeah. Yeah. And it was bad. Okay, what'd like, you say? what would you say? It would make me feel like, who the fuck are you, dude? You're commenting on my body. Mm -hmm. I don't know you. Mm -hmm. I'm not commenting on your body. Mm -hmm. You're crossing lines here. Mm -hmm. Just because you think it's a, some innocent, positive thing, mm -hmm. it would really make me upset. Yeah. Now, I've learned that it's never going to stop. Mm -hmm. 
literally happens, literally happens numerous times in a day. In the morning, in the afternoon. Every time in public. Mm -hmm. Elevator, grocery store, gym, restaurants, hallways, when I'm walking outside. Literally. The, the gestures, the flexing, the comments, the the questions, it just never stops. So I'm like, why? Sort of like episodes ago, we were talking about stressors and why am I getting so upset at traffic? Yeah, I have no control over it. Me getting upset in the traffic is not going to do anything for me. Mm-hmm. So that's how I sort of approach it. I can't change the people's actions towards me. Mm-hmm. I can only change my reactions. So once I accepted it and like, okay, I have to. I have to, I just have to accept it Yep. and make light of it and maybe switch my perspective and say, Hey, this could be a great opportunity to connect with someone mm-hmm. there. And we've discussed this in previous podcasts. Mm-hmm. People are so afraid to be outgoing. Mm-hmm. Well, now I have a canvas for people to feel like this thing that I'm looking at is so obscure and weird. I need to say something. Yeah. So once I open up to him, Hey, I'm Ross. Yep. Happened to me at the gym when I'm filming with Jill just just today. Um, it's just a and now I see it as a great way to connect with someone. Yeah, it's an instant sale. I agree with that. People, I, I I've I have a guy who just texted me a little bit ago. I met him um, over the weekend after he ran the marathon, and uh, we were sitting outside Two Hands. It's an amazing restaurant, uh, South um, South Congress. Um, met him there, and he was like. I've been working with this bodybuilding coach. Like pull, he pulls up his plan and he shows me and I was like, no way <laughs> you paid for that. Like, that was awful. It was sent to him in notes. Oh. It was sent to him like, a, you know, like yeah, iPhone it, notes. Yeah, yeah. It was awful. Um, and he just hit me up. Like, you know, he wants to work with me, follow me on Instagram. Like saw my work and stuff. He wants to work with me. Um, it's so, like, I view it as, you know, there's opportunity there, um, to have like a professional relationship with the people. But, um, I take a little bit of a different spin on it now. Now that I've become somewhat um, influential within, I guess, our industry, I view this as an opportunity that I bet you these people have a negative connotation regarding bodybuilders. Oh, meatheads, or they're mean, or stupid, or, you know, whatever. And I get to come from a place of extreme positivity and extreme intellect. Um, So I like hitting people with that. Because they start asking follow-up questions. And one of their follow-up questions is going to be about diet. It's going to be about nutrition. Hell, it might. That's the same fucking thing. It might be about steroids. It might be about training. And I'm going to come with some high-level shit just super fast that's going to make them be like, wow, like these people are really intelligent. Because I believe like some of the smartest people I've met, including yourself, are are bodybuilders, are people who are in this shit. This is hard to do. Like it's not rocket science. But it's also not like caveman, you know, stupid, anyone can do this, right? Like when you're achieving at a high level, when you're working up the ranks the right way, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, so I view it as an opportunity and, and, and maybe you can as well. It's like add some positivity to it. But man, I will say when it's like the 13th person that's asking me in the day if I'm C-bum, just because I have a little bit of a mullet. Cause I have a little bit of muscle, like, like see mom has a, a whole sleeve on. Have you ever seen, we don't look anything. We're not doppelgangers. We don't look alike. We don't talk the same. We don't, nothing. When you're the 13th person that's asking me if I'm C-bum, I'm just like, fuck dude. Like, can I just wake up and start tomorrow back at zero? <laughs> so it gets, it gets a little bit annoying in that front. Bodybuilding, you're 21 weeks out. 21, 21. 
21, can you do something for me? What song is that? You know what song that is? Uh, no, I know this song, but I don't know. Oh, name. Rich Flex. Drake. Ah, Drake. Drake has a hilarious barstool interview with that one guy who, like, you go on his page and or you go on his podcast or whatever it is, and your objective is to not laugh. Mm. So I mean, you have you seen that? It's is it Zach Galifianakis. Mm, no, it's a guy similar to him. Oh, okay, very similar. I forget his name. On Barstool Sports Instagram page, it's the only pinned uh, post right now is Drake with this guy. It's like eleven minutes long. It is fucking hilarious. Uh, so twenty one weeks out. What's happening? Where are we at now? Sort of still in a push phase with food. Yeah, food's getting very very high. Um, but I was telling Coach. Uh, I've not been this hungry and this I was bitching to you and uh, Jacoby yeah. weeks back about my digestion. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm already eating three meals and yeah. I'm still hungry. I want yeah. to eat again. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I'm primed right now. Yeah. You're uh, really lean. Really lean. Yep. Why you, you were able to stay leaner this time than in previous soft seasons. What do you think contributed to that more than anything else? Um, multiple things. Yeah. Uh, I obtained actual tissue. Yeah. Like not scale yeah. weight, like actual tissue. Yeah. BMR skyrocketed. Yeah. Um, extremely active all the time. Mm -hmm. And as you, people don't realize 10,000 steps. Okay. It's an arbitrary number. 10,000 steps for a person that's 120 pounds versus 10,000 steps that someone's 260 plus. Those calories are coming mm -hmm. off. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of calories are getting yeah. burnt. Um, you know, uh, how's training been? How's training been different well, than in the past? Um, I just linked up with Cody. Yeah. Cause he's has my coach now. Yeah. So we're actual training partners now, which is yep. amazing yep. because I've not had a training partner in a long, 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 long time. I've worked out with people, yep. had great sessions with people, yep. but Cody understands me. Yeah. He understands my goals. He understands what I need and what I can't do. Yep. So the stress factors, the yep. breathing, um, so the biggest two takeaways with just with our five sessions together, um, he is constantly reminding me to breathe in the Zen mode, Yeah, which I am objectively figuring out that if you guys, you guys listening, you guys right there, right there, <laughs> breathe during your fucking sets, mm -hmm. you will get more output out in your set, but more, everyone cuts it off. Yep. More reps more output, mm -hmm. better recovery. Mm -hmm. For example, yesterday, decline. We did three working sets, decline, the same weights. 13 reps without breathing. 17 reps with breathing. Mm -hmm. The 17th rep set was after the 13th. So he is he is objectively focusing, having me focus on my breathing, yeah. down-regulating CNS stress, and then... There would be a couple times where like oh, I'm gonna do a work, I'm gonna do a draw, I'm gonna do a, a back off set. He goes, No, you're not. Put more weight on there, bro. Yep. And I'm like, fuck. Yep. You're right. I'm gonna do it. Yep. So he's he's done that every session. Yep. Pushing me. So when when pushing beyond the mental barriers that you set on yourself. Yep. Yep. Because so no matter how advanced we are, yeah. no matter how much willpower, mental strength we have, we always have that thing in the back of our mind that is limiting us. Mm -hmm. Perfect example, probably the easiest one to um, articulate or to visualize, internalize is a massage. Mm -hmm. 
If you do self myofascial release on yourself with a lacrosse ball or a roller stick or a foam roller, you automatically stop at pain threshold levels. Yet, if you pay someone $100 an hour and you lie there like a little bitch, mm -hmm. they are going to inflict so much fucking pain, you will never be able to do that on yourself. Never. Or even like uh, like surgery or something. You can't cut your fucking arm off, like, you know? Yeah. But someone else can do it. Yeah. So that's that's how I approach it. There's a much greater relationship between aerobic and anaerobic outputs than I think are currently given credit to. I don't think we quite understand those deep mechanisms behind it. Um, you making the point about breathing during your training session. Well, you know, on paper, that's like an anaerobic activity, right? Mm -hmm. But an anaerobic activity is supposed to not take much, much oxygen. We know that our muscles use oxygen. Our blood uh, uses oxygen. Our neural system responds based on how much oxygen we have inside of our body. And that will limit or increase uh, the amount of work that we can do. When we're training, especially when you're getting into intensifiers and whatnot, we get that elevated heart rate. We're really pushing things hard. We're pushing through lactate thresholds, through pain thresholds. It takes a fuck ton of oxygen to get there. Um, so I don't think that we could. That's a very underrated point that you made. Yeah, we're basically turning an anaerobic into an aerobic. Absolutely, we are. Or we're turning an air, anaerobic based movement and elongating it. Yeah to get more effects, more stimulus by incorporating a little bit of, an, of aerobic activity. Yep. Specifically for bodybuilding. Yep. Like if you go into powerlifting and you're hitting, you know, three reps of something, you cannot breathe for those three reps and, you know, make it out. Okay. Right. And bodybuilding, you're going to fall far beyond that pain threshold, far beyond that zero or that true muscular failure, um, which muscular failure has been something I've been chatting with people about so much. Cause like, People are fail. People are they they they'll take it to mechanical failure, and like that burns right. Like that hurts. <sighs> I'm excited to do the YouTube with you because we're going to be able to show in that like what I did in in Bobby and I's YouTube. We're going to be able to show like, dude, you need to sin this motherfucker. Like you need to take trust your mechanics when you have your mechanics of training down pat. Trust your mechanics, but fucking sin this shit. We were talking the other night about what is bodybuilding like. How do you learn how to bodybuild? Ross and I would love to like do seminars and stuff like that. We were brainstorming the other night about talking about what, what the fuck's bodybuilding? How do you know when you're ready to compete? To me, the most essential part of bodybuilding is knowing how to fucking send a train. You go into today, Patrick and I train. We didn't do anything crazy heavy at any time. The craziest heavy thing we did was starting with the Arsenal pec deck. We did a 20, 15, 10, 20 partner rest pause rep sequence. It was brutal. And we had the stack and we put the gym pin on and added a 25 on that gym pin. So like that was, we did a stack plus 25. That was like the heaviest thing we did today. Every single fucking set I got into, like, and he got into, dude, we were, but you have to turn that mechanism of second guessing off. You have to turn that mechanism of emotional attachment with that weight, with the pain that you're about to feel. And you just need to fucking send it. Like when you're training with a partner and I agree with you, I've been training with partners every day. Now I have some of my pros come into town and train with me or people around the gym that I'm training with who, um, you know, are really good. Like Patrick, uh, I've been training with Thomas a lot. Dude, when you have that partner, trust that partner, that partner's job is to push your ass. And like, when you know what you're looking at, I can watch you train. You're feeling something, but I can see something different. Man, I know there's more in there. Your partner knows there's more in there. I would say in part in Patrick and I's training session, looking back on it, we did probably 40 assisted reps today. Mm. 
So we got 40 reps at the end of a training set, at the end of one set throughout the day, 40 accumulated that we would not have been, this is past muscular failure. Like Patrick and I are both very adept at taking a muscular failure. You and Cody are very adept at taking a muscular failure. These are reps beyond that. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about fucking stimulus. You want to talk about body. When you're trying to put on muscle tissue, you can't stop at mechanical failure. Mechanical failures for people who go to the gym. (laughs) Like muscular failure and beyond muscular failure. Like true exertion failure when your body actually stops you. Not just the muscle, your body. Dude, that's where you need to be training. That's redlining. In my opinion, that's redlining. It's a term I, I, I picked up from you. We chatted about on the podcast. That's redlining. Like, how often can you fucking send it there? Mm-hmm. And like, you only have so many opportunities, but by yourself, you're probably not going to get there. Right. It, it takes a lot. That's why I, I program so many intensifiers with my people, like death sets and things like that. You hit a death set the right way. You, you kind of foolproofed redlining. Yep. Like you had to go there. You just did 10 fucking sets within like a three minute time period. Like you had to get there. What's the most essential part of bodybuilding to you? What kind of took you the longest to auto-regulate and and just make sure you progress every single day? Because there's a lot of people who think they're bodybuilding, but they're not progressing every day. And if you're, but when you're truly in that rhythm, you're getting better every single day. What do you think took you the longest? Um, having thought about this in three seconds, I would say the relationship of having the coach. Mm -hmm. So as the, let's just make it really simplistic as the food is, let's make this very linear, 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 linearly, (laughs) linearly as the food progresses, the training progresses and the coaching progresses. So the coach knows when to do this, when to do this. It's all in synergy. I would say when you're, when I'm, when I am right now, I know my food is increasing. I know as he bumps up my food based on my pictures, my training should be parallel and the coaching should be parallel. The PEDs, not in terms of quantity, but sort of just manipulation should also parallel. The sleep should parallel. Everything should trend up here. The, the part the problem in my opinion with, with even my coaching with my people is when we have, let's say five streams of growth, potential growth, five streams, they're missing sleep. Mm-hmm. They're missing water. I had a guy 12 weeks into the program was insulting one fucking meal. The salts above his meal plan. You know, this mm-hmm. is what I want you to eat per like salt per meal. Mm-hmm. Wasn't doing it. So I'm like, dude, you have been training on flat tires. So it's, it's all this. It all has to be connected mm-hmm. and then just linearly progress. That's thinking through thinking three minutes to three seconds on this. I think that was perfect because something that we often talk about is your ability to critically think and problem solve as an athlete. And something that, that just blows my mind is when you don't have the training down you're missing food or you're eating off or you're whatever. And you want to like take more drugs or you're missing any part of the protocol. And you're mad that other athletes are getting more attention than you. Oh, I know this is going. Oh my God. People are like, well, you know, you always post X, Y, or Z athlete. Yeah. Because X, Y, because Alyssa fucking Cerna doesn't miss. 
Because Emily Smith doesn't fucking miss. Because Danielle Kussenberger hasn't fucking missed. Because Brandon Cooper is bodybuilding at an insanely high level. Absolutely, I'm posting them. They're you, getting gold stars. You want to know why I'm not posting you? It's because you haven't even earned a bronze star. Mm-hmm. You check in and you say your sleep average was five and a half. What the five and a half fucking hours? You're going to bed the next day. What in the fuck are you doing? Yeah, because but then you're also missing meals. Yeah, I'm like what? Yeah, how make sense of this? Yeah. Or people like send their check in like 11, 12 p.m. or 11, 12 a.m. Central Time. Well, you know, the cutoff's noon. But yeah, the cutoff's noon. That doesn't mean you get as close to my high achievers are checking. Alyssa Cerna checked in at 530 this morning before she had to take her daughter to school and get her ready for the day. Like these people are being treated differently because they're executing differently. Effort is a symbiotic relationship. As yours goes up, mine does too. And this isn't a me thing. If any coach listens to this and acts like this isn't real, they're lying. They're dead. I have some athletes that when I see their name pop up in WhatsApp, I tap it right away. Doesn't matter what's going on. I tap that shit right away. I have others that I see their name pop up. I'm like, dude. Save it for tomorrow. Fuck. Like, it's 9 p.m. I'm ready to go. I don't want stress. I don't want nothing. I will say, I have two athletes right now that stress me out. Two. And that's nice. That's a good place to be. I, I know you know how huge of a win that is. And I, I, still, I have hope. I'm giving them a chance. But out of my roster, I have two. You want more attention? You give more effort. You, you also need to be you, something to give you, attention you for. You show me. Yeah. You show me that you need my, my attention. Absolutely. I'm not going to give you my undivided attention when you're not giving me your undivided effort. No. I have... I have 80 athletes that I work with that literally go bali- every day. Ballistic. Absolutely nuts. I have 50 or 60 that are getting close. You know, they're getting real close to that mark. And, like, they're figuring it out right now. And that's a great point because you can't go from grade school to college. No. It's, it's, for some people, it's perfectly acceptable, especially if you know it yourself. Like, yeah. I'm not there yet. Yep. I know where I want to be, but I'm not, I'm not there yet. So just give me some time and let me work up to that. Mm-hmm. Let me work up to that, that top student. Yeah. That starting quarterback. Yeah. And then this is, I was talking with, um, Aria. Yeah. On Instagram and, um, forget what we were talking about. We were talking about like when it comes to coaching, everyone l- loses their common sense. I don't get, I don't it. understand it, dude. And the same thing with this. They were complaining that people, hey, you're not treating me as much as X, Y, Z. Yeah. Okay. What about your job? Yeah. What about your job? It's the same thing. Mm -hmm. The person that is selling the most for a company will have the best treatment from the upper management. Yep. The person that is selling the least, probably not going to be the most well-liked. Yep. Because the other one is giving the managers stuff to brag about, Mm -hmm. making their bonuses, making Mm -hmm. the company. It is so easy to comprehend this. Yeah. The 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 best people, and I, I talked about this. This is, I think, what we're trying to say. Yeah. Teacher's pets. Yep. Teacher's pets. We are, ex- we are exposed to this phenomenon from grade school. Mm-hmm. Every single classroom in every part of America, if where you're listening, you ha- 100% had a teacher's pet. Mm-hmm. They probably annoyed you. Because they got the most amount of attention. Mm-hmm. What were they doing? They were always on time. They were always participating. 
They were always studying, getting always getting, done. getting their homework done, helping out other people, respecting the teacher and getting A's. And that's reciprocated. The teacher is, the teacher loves that student. It makes the teacher's job fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, this is why I signed up to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. Same thing with sports, jobs, coaching, everything. But mm -hmm. for some reason, when it applies to coaching, everything is just blown out of the fucking water. Like, yep. Isn't that amazing? Like people view it as like, well, you know, I pay a monthly payment. So like, I, that's not how this works. Like not when you're working with like a real ass coach, like someone who like does this shit, like I want to be fulfilled when I'm chatting with my athletes. You know, I want to, I want to, I want to feel that. I want to feel like, man, I'm really making a positive difference in this person's life. And the teachers, pets, the people that, you know, are constantly being put up. I mean, dude, in the staff chat, how often am I sending pictures of these athletes with these mind-blowing progressions? And I'm just like, how do you see your teammates doing this? And then you work with me and like, you're not doing your end of the job. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. It, like, I, I struggle to find that intrinsic factor. And the hard part is, you know, like, you and I are inherent leaders by nature. My definition of leadership is consistently paving the way. It's consistently opening opportunities. It's kind of like putting myself either beside that person or behind that person, if need be, in order to propel them forward. But I believe in leading from the front by you know being an example of what you want your athletes to emulate. I believe that a roster is a reflection, you know, of the head coach. Um, or I always use football analogies, like in football, the teams are a reflection of the head coach and the quarterback. So if you got a soft head coach, you got a soft quarterback, you're going to have a soft defensive line, you're going to have soft linebackers, you're going to have soft running backs. It's not a good place to be. You're not going to go very far, right? But a team's only as strong as its weakest link. And I'm constantly looking in my businesses, as I know you are in your businesses, in my roster, like, who's the weakest links? It's like, man, like, I'm, I'm trying to go on an Alabama-like dynasty here. Like, I'm trying to win titles. And, like, how can I expect, you know, Brandon Cooper – to win the New York Pro, if I got someone else that I allow to take my energy, who can't even fucking stay on the diet for a day, mm -hmm. who started a week ago and, you know, once changes or things, what? No, get in and get to work. There's a system and there's methods here that are in play. But it's difficult when you're a true leader and there's not enough true leaders in, in bodybuilding coaching. There's, there's a good bit, but there's not enough. There's a bunch of people who like, talk the talk and they're never actually walking the walk. And I'm not even just talking about from a bodybuilding perspective, from a life perspective, you lead from the front. Something I made note with in the girls earlier today in our meeting is, you know what I love about Ross? You get on your Instagram page and you're like, Hey guys, I just had a loser quit. Who wants to fill the loser spot and be a winner? And I'm like, dude, I'm going to start saying that shit. Too. It works. Well, who quits? Losers quit. Losers quit. Yeah. I've never, per I, I've never met a winner that quits. Never. You know, what's funny. I've, uh, I've had conversations before with athletes that I was removing from the team, uh, from my roster. And I'll tell them, you're not built for this. You don't have what it takes. They think I'm attacking them. I'm trying to save them time. Like Ross, within the first two weeks of working with someone, I know if they have what it takes or not. You know what they, we've worked with so many people. We know if they have what it takes. You can't like build this dynasty if there's no foundational kingdom Dude, for them to build on. I fired a guy two or three weeks ago. Yeah. 
going for his pro card. Yeah. I was like, Hey man, you are not a pro. You're not ready to be a pro. You're bitching about 20 minutes on the stairs. <laughs> You're bitching that you have to eat a lot of food and you train like a bitch. You're box squatting half reps with the pussy pad and a hoodie on. No way. Dude, you're not a pro. No way. You're not ready for a pro. Good luck. And then I train his friend. Yeah. And he's like, he could not believe you fired him. I'm like, I'm a pro. Yeah. I know what it takes to be a pro. Yeah. And I'm going to link it to this point from leading from the front. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, to be a true leader, and let's use Tom Brady, because I could use myself, but I want to use Tom Brady as an example. Yeah. Tom Brady is probably the greatest, in my opinion, greatest, one of the greatest athletes, greatest leaders. Yeah. What he was able to do in his prime with the Patriots of having absolute shit rosters, mm -hmm. shit yep. rosters, white yep. running backs, white receivers, yep. shit, yep. objectively shit rosters Agreed. and winning yep. championships. He's leading from the front. And I think the reason why he was able to be such a good leader or the top leader at the top mm -hmm. is because he spent so much time at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Look at his combine. Yep. The worst combine ever. Mm -hmm. Was he undrafted or at least seventh round? It was like sixth round. Yeah, he was in the sixth bottom round. Of the, bottom yep. of the draft, yep. bottom of the scores, and worked up to be the best. I don't even think he was like all Big Ten. I don't think no. he was all conference in college. I don't. I could be wrong there, but I don't think he was. Just a normal dude. He was a dude. And But now he's the best ever. And I think when you have gone through that, so I'm going to use my example. It's a lot, it's a lot smaller, maybe easier to connect. When Elaine and I first opened up the first bakery um, location, it was just me and her, and our low points in that location was after every, at the beginning of every service. So we opened up at like eight o'clock in the morning, woke up at four thirty, made an hour drive, had to open up the shop, prep for the day. Long story short, our grease trap was broken forever. So. 5.30 in the morning, I had to crawl through the window and, sorry, crawl out the window into the grease trap, get these 50-gallon buckets or five-gallon buckets, the big things. Yeah. And scoop up the grease trap. No way. Yeah, and dispose of it. Ugh. Illegally. Illegally. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to do that five times. It was a five trip. The, the smell, the shit that would get on me mm. from a, a dirty grease trap, did that every day. That's the lowest I have to do. Yeah. Now, for me, in order for me to be a leader of a company and tell people to, hey, you need to cut chicken mm -hmm. this way, if I wasn't able to do the lowest feet, how can I tell anyone else to clean the bathroom mm -hmm. or mop? And if they give me attitude, I'd be like, motherfucker, do you want to go empty the grease trap out every single day with your fucking hands? If the answer is yes... Awesome. Go ahead. Go ahead. We can but if it's, if, it's, if it's a no, then you better cut the chicken properly, motherfucker. Yeah. 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 Well, it's simple. I believe it, it's difficult to take leadership from someone who's like asking you to do something they've never done. Right. Or like to venture to a place that they have never gone. So with coaching. Yeah. To get shredded glutes, I've gotten, I've had, I've gone through the lowest points of prep with Dom. Yeah. The crying on the Stairmaster. Yeah. The dipping my spoon in my mouth into dry protein powder mm -hmm. to eat the protein powder. Cause that was, that was all a meal was, was yeah. 50 grams of protein from whey. That is it Yeah, to get shredded glutes. Yeah. But now it's easy. I can draw my fat for a day and get deep lines in my glutes. Yeah. But I can't tell a client that they need to push harder, 
push deeper because I know how it feels like. Yeah. And you're complaining about 20 minutes on the fucking stairs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, dude. You know that point of prep when... So so there was a really transformative moment in my prep um, where I was chatting with Ross in the gym. Things were starting to get hard. About eight weeks out, nine weeks out, somewhere in there. I was, I was ahead. I was a little lean. And he said, you get shredded glutes. You get walnut glutes. This show it's going to be easier forever. You'll never have to go to these depths again to get them. And you'll hold them throughout your off season. And you know, 262 and I still got some glutes. Like it was true. It was true. But to get those for the first time, there were points in prep where it's like, like what there was physical pain from walking, not from the fatigue from a shopping cart from put, put it hurt. Like my, the muscles in my feet just hurt touching, connecting with anything. It was so hard taking the dogs out. It was so difficult just simply making a meal, even though all of your gratification from the day comes from the food that you get to eat. Mm -hmm. It was so difficult climbing up on the elliptical, pulling yourself up on that thing. Mm -hmm. Well, we've been there. We've done that. Like when I ask you to do it, I can promise you, I promise you, I I stopped talking to the woman I was dating for six weeks. We didn't talk. We didn't speak. And I didn't get to communicate with her about what was going on because I hurt too bad. It sucked too bad. I couldn't have communication. And I was still cranking out these podcasts. You know how fucking hard it was to show up for these podcasts and get them done? I would literally type out on my laptop every word I would say. And I came in and I would have the mic right here and I'd have my computer on this thing and I would just read what I typed out into the notes because you don't have the ability to think. And if you've never been to that point, well, some point you're going to have to go there to actually get a shape. Really, for, that's like an open bodybuilding, classic physique, women's physique, women's bodybuilding type of conditioning. If you're not one of those, I don't really think you have to go to that level. Men's physique has to get that peel, but there's so much less muscle mass. I don't think it, I don't think life hurts there. Yeah. Right. I still see men's physique guys smiling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, who are appealed. I don't think life hurts at that level of existence. I believe leaders lead from the front. And when we give you something taught, we being coaches, it's because we know that that's what it takes to get to that next level of where you want to go. Like, why do you compete in bodybuilding? Like, why do you train so fucking hard for? Why do you practice your posing rounds? Why do you fucking hit this diet? Why do you inject these fucking steroids? Why do you get blood work done? Why are you doing all these things? It, it shouldn't be to, like, just compete. You know, you should be trying to bring your best every single time and see how close to the winner's circle that you can get. Ross has a really interesting view on winning and losing. And and what I, I love that Dom just posted it the other last night. He's like, Ross isn't focused on winning. Ross is focused on just showing up better today than he was yesterday. And that's why everything is so easy. Do you manifest? Do you like visualize? I do. What do you visualize? Oh, God. Um, I have a visual goal. Okay. But I don't like to articulate it because okay. I'm, not, I'm not there yet. Okay. Because I know that if I, I'm very real with myself. Okay. I, my goal sheet on my, my apartment, I have a dry erase board with a goal. Yeah. I ha I understand life and I understand the gra the steps of success. Mm -hmm. My goal is here, mm -hmm. but I'm still on these steps. So 
my my visualization is not here. It's getting to that that break in the steps mm-hmm. where it's like it's to get there. That's what I that's what I know I need to focus on. Yeah. I need to visualize that. Yeah. Because if I don't visualize this, I can't obtain this to get to here. Yep. So I need to visualize that to obtain that this. I'm not going to visualize myself on the Olympia stage right now. I'm not going to visualize myself winning an Arnold right now. I am very particular in my goal setting. I visualize those goals. And then once I have a sort of like a create, like creating products, Mm -hmm. I know when I visualize a product and I create it, I've achieved that like euphoria that whatever we were talking about last time, that get me going. Mm -hmm. And then I can do the next one. And then I get that feeling. I'm so close. I can feel it. I can create this one. I can put it in my, I have an idea. I have a vision and I fucking made it. Now it's time to the next one. Yeah. So that's how I visualize my, my manifestations. So what I asked Ross is um, the other day, our, our director of content, um, Jill, it was about two weeks ago, about two weeks ago, I think, um, she tried bullet canes for the first time. Oh, yeah. And she was absolutely amazed at how good it tasted. So I asked Ross, I was like, how does that make you feel? How does that make you feel? When people, when people love bullet canes, how does that make do you, you feel? Do you remember what I said? I do. Okay, why don't, you, do. why don't you tell me what I said? It was along the lines of, that's not really what gets me going. Of course you like my product. Oh, okay. You know that everyone likes your product. And then I asked, what gets you going then? Like, what is it that makes you, like, feel something? And that's when he alluded to, he has an idea, and then actually seeing the idea come into a concrete uh, thing, from yes. abstract into concrete, and then... You taste it and you're like, yes, like this is it. This is the one. Ross has really adept taste buds, I think. Like you're um the way you taste things is going to be well received by like a majority of people, which is why when it tastes good to you, other people like it as well. Um, but the creationism behind it. Yes is that's what gets you going. Yeah. Like that's what drives you. And I've been able to watch it a little bit with the um um the nut butter situation that you have. Do you want to talk about that at all, by the oh, way? Yeah. When's yeah. it dropping? When's it coming? I haven't even fucking tried any yet. You didn't even brought me any of your nut butter. You brought me some cream pie but no nut butter. <laughs> so it is uh, so it's a new line called Ultimate Eats. Yeah. It, the first thing we're doing are um Super low calorie cookie doughs. Yeah. So it was supposed to be a nut butter, but I gave it to one of my valued um, taste testing customers. Yeah. And they said, this is amazing, but it's not a nut butter. It resembles more of a cookie dough. And I was like, oh my God. Oh, God. This is what I'm going to do. Yeah. I'm going to do these and then I'm going to sell them in chocolate covered balls and make them like little cake pops too. Um, So cookie dough. Ultimate Eats, I have five flavors that are going to be launching, um, but only going to launch two or three to start. Okay. Um, I'm, I came up with an idea. I had a vision. And I will tell you off air how yeah. I came up with this vision. Yeah. Because companies are fucking sneaky and they're fucking greedy. Oh, yeah. We got to talk about what just happened with you. Yeah. Oh, this is a second. There's two things. Oh, no way. Yeah. Are we allowed to talk about them both? We can talk about the the one the one decision or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I had an idea, concept, and I 
mathed it out. And I said, okay, if I can do it, if this is, if the, the math works out and it's literally 40 calories. Okay. Like game changer, game changer, game, fucking these changer. nut butter companies. What? I don't understand nut butter companies. Mm -hmm. I don't No uh, hard feelings if you have them, but taking the most calorically dense macronutrient of fat and putting more things in it to make it even more calorically dense makes no sense to me. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. And then you're marketing it in a fitness and diet. These people have nut butter issues. Yeah. They eat and binge on these nut butters. Yep. Like whole entire tub. It's their outlet for an eating disorder. Yeah. Well, it's just nut butter. It could have been M and M's. Like, no, it's just your outlet for an eating disorder. But what about the nut butters with M and M's in it? Like, what is that? What are you doing? I know. I don't understand. I know. I don't understand. Yeah. So, I, if I can come up with a with a a product that has the same serving size, with a fourth of the calories, yeah, and much more satiating, and arguably tastes better, I think I have something here. Yeah. So I did it. Yeah. And I tasted it to the official taste test of everything, Elena. She's yeah. the first line of defense. Yeah. If she likes it, she has a, like a, she has an O face. Okay. So she made the. No uh, shit. Yep. Like we're on to something. Yes. Okay. She said, oh my God. Okay. She ate the entire jar. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was like, we kind of defeat the purpose, mm -hmm. but still it's like not a lot of calories. And then I just started thinking, then my, once I had the creation down then I looked at it as a business aspect. Yeah. How can I, what am I going to do? How can I um, reduce, uh, reuse some of the same things to cut down costs or be more purposeful in things? And then I just sort of went on a tangent and just, blah, 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 blah. this is how I'm going to scale. This is how I'm going to, anyways, labels are in the works. We have our commercial mixer that arrived yesterday, Ooh. which was... The 20th. So you're you're going to be making them at, at the Gaines Bakery. Yes, yes. Oh, and, shit. And yeah, and the person that actually makes everything at the Gaines Bakery, shout out TJ, if you're watching, you're amazing. He was actually like the lead baker in um, Lorraine Bakery in oh, San Antonio. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, so he saw the mixer. He goes, you guys just bought the Mercedes of mixers. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So- I want to see it. Yeah, so um, we're going to be- every, so the, Guys listening, and this is a great segue to what Justin's going to pull up about the other rice company. Yeah. Everything that I that comes out of my brain, we make. We have direct, hands-on involvement in our products. No manufacturing. No manufacturing. No outsourcing. No outsourcing. It's all in-house. It's all in-house. The reason why this is so vital is because I have control my team has control over the entire spectrum of the product, taste, texture, nutritionals, packaging, formulations, how it's done, how it's packaged, everything. Mm -hmm. When you go through a co-man or a co-packer, you're playing by their rules. Mm -hmm. You're playing by what they have in their pantry, mm -hmm. their flavorings, their ingredients, their mixing processes, literally everything. You're going to someone's house to make a meal. Yeah. You want to make a burger. They don't have meat. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, you got canned chicken. Yeah. Guess we're having canned chicken burgers. Yeah. So, um, that sounds terrible. It sounds, I, mean, I, I <laughs> could probably make it good. Throw some breadcrumbs in there, make it a chicken patty. Of course. Yeah. Find a way. <laughs> um, so what Justin's alluding to, there's this company that, uh, was so lazy. First off, he was lazy. He was so lazy 
that he went to another company, which is a co-manufacturer, mm-hmm. to make his product. Mm-hmm. He never made it himself. No. He just sent an email. Yeah. Hey, I want this. Sends it to him. Then he did the same thing to a graphic designer. Went to our website. I want this. Yep. Sends the graphic to the designer. The designer takes our entire bag and slaps it on his stupid front bag, yeah. which is the... St- it, I'm so passionate about marketing and business. There's objectives and there's subjectives. Objective marketing can can be a thing. You can look at a stock image of a photo and the stock image photo sucks. Yep. Versus an illustrated or a genuine Tima Haley doesn't have any stock photos of some stupid blonde bitch doing no. yoga. No. Right? No. It's all our athletes. Yep. That's genuine. This shows that this is my work. Yeah. Right? You're not even you're so first off. None of this is yours. The name's not yours. The instructions are not yours. The nutritional's not yours. It's not even your marketing. It's not even your imagery. It's not even your fucking products. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not, you're not even doing anything. He did not. He sent he an email. He did absolutely nothing. You typed it. Yeah. You typed an email. He didn't even taste test it because if he would have done whatever they sent him, if he would have followed your cooking instructions, there's no way it would have turned out even close to the same. Nope. He just got packaging done. No, no, he did a taste test. They sent it in and he just tried it. And he was, oh, this is good enough. I have a question. Did you look? Has he ever bought your rice? <laughs> so you looked it up. Oh, my God. I haven't done it yet. John, uh, John said, yes, you need to. So 100% he's either tried it yep. or had someone else buy it. Yeah. Um, but I was like, dude, I don't fucking care. Yeah. This dude is squashed. We ruined his launch. It's, it's done. It's done. His dude. company's over. It's done. So he launches it and then Goob runs a story the day of the launch. Yeah. Did it get, it got sent to him? Yeah. How did, is that oh, how he found it? So no. So one of my loyal customers in Canada. Oh gosh. Loves what we do. Yeah. And sent me a, all he sent me was the back of their bags. Yeah. And I looked at it and he didn't even say anything. I go, yeah, this looks oddly similar. Yeah. What the fuck? So I went on flavorgang.com, yep. looked at my brownie batter bag and I said, what the fuck is this? Word for word. Those are my words. I typed them up. Everything is mine. I send it to our amazing graphic designer, yep. Milica, who's in Romania, I believe. And she even got mad because all those are her designs. And I think I told you all the bowl of games, the sauces and the coffee bags are up for an award for one of the best marketing no graphics shit. in that country. Wow. So that's how prideful we are. Wow. And this motherfucker just stole it from us. Wow. Dude, fuck you. My, my favorite part was the potassium value. Yeah. He was so stupid. He's even. Yeah. So on your bag, it says like 260 milligrams of potassium or something is like 6% of your daily intake, whatever. And on he, he copy and pasted this whole thing, but the potassium value was different on his bag. It said like 26 milligrams or something. So like, I think he like forgot a number. It was like 26 milligrams and it still said 6% of your daily potassium value. And that's not even close to 6% of your daily potassium value. I don't know this for sure, but I'm going to bet whatever money is in my pocket, which is nothing that he went to fiverr.com. He did. Because this happened to me before. Yeah. And I sent it to John. Yeah. This is funny. This is why you need no men in your corner. Yeah. Because back in the day, back when I had sauces under Gaines Bakery, I wanted a design that replicated a Dragon Ball Z character. That's cool. I don't want, I don't watch Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. So I got, I said, this is dope. I sent it to John. He goes, do you want a lawsuit? I go, what do you mean? He goes, that is the exact character that the, the guy, I don't know his name created and he will sue you. He sues oh, everyone. Shit. So I was like, Oh shit. This is ironic. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
he should have said, uh, hey, says to a friend, does this, is this okay? Yeah. This looks just like bold. Mm. Yeah. No. Tell me you have no friends without telling me you have no yeah, friends. Yeah, I know. Like you know, a real friend is going to be like, dude, you have to have some sense behind this. You can't do this. Like they're shaking him. Like you can't do this. Like that was a terrible idea. What I hate. So um, something I've always taken pride in is that I'm not too prideful to admit when ideas aren't mine or when words aren't I mine. I love that about you, Justin. Yeah, I, I appreciate that because <laughs> you know how many like, ideas I've come with that like were my own a good bit. But the reality is like, dude, we're all just like going through life. We hear things that trigger something in our mind and it's like, Oh, that's another pathway of thinking about this item or of speaking or teaching or whatever you're trying to do. None of our ideas or our thoughts are really like native to ourselves. They've all been found based on other people's thoughts and ideologies and things like that. Just things that you hear. That's the evolution of language. It's the evolution of learning, of education. It's a compounding interest. So I've never been too prideful to be like, yeah, like John Meadows taught me all of these things. Yeah, I got this from Ross. The term red line, I got it from Ross. Um, when I'm being very abrasive on my Instagram story in the future, like I got it from Ross. Like there's things that I take from people and I always give credit. There's nothing that fucking pisses me off more. And this happens commonly. When I get sent something on Instagram or email or whatever, that it's like, wow, someone took exactly what I said. And they didn't fucking change anything about it. Can I, can I pause you? Absolutely. Me. A, it makes me feel good when people acknowledge they absorb something and then acknowledge me. But the inverse. So I posted two recent training fit, training photo, uh, videos. One was a row and one was a, a press. Mm -hmm. I learned them from my friend, Matt Julian mm -hmm. and Hunter Lee. Mm -hmm. It made me feel good to say I learned it from him. I, it, cause it makes me, I'm not better than them. Yeah. I'm learning just as much as they are. Yep. And I'm not afraid to admit that yep. we're all learning. Yep. I think we should do more of that. Yeah. We're constantly learning. We're yeah. constantly evolving. Whatever our thought processes are now, they have to continue to evolve and grow for us to continue to add value to what we're doing. The fastest way to make enemies in this industry or in any industry is by ripping people off. The fastest way to make friends and gain respect is by simply paying it forward to the people who paved the way before you. Yeah. For me, it was, I mean, John Meadows was the most influential. Matt Porter was very influential, um, you know, in, in, in the th path that got me here. Jason Theobald has been unbelievably influential in my career. Um, that it's like without those people, there's no way that I'm even close to where I'm at now. I'm not helping the athletes. You and I aren't going to be synced up. The friends that I have in my life aren't going to be there. Like those people got me to this point. So Ross, I always love having you on the podcast. It's, f we always have a phenomenal conversation. I know that people love when we're together. So soon we're doing a YouTube video next week. We're in a YouTube back training video. So, uh, so y'all be on the lookout for that. There's going to be a ton of knowledge and, and quick hitters in there. Um, as always, we appreciate you tuning in Ross, any final words that you need to leave the people with today, or can we get a sneak peek of when this cookie dough company is going to drop? Uh, what's the February, February 21st, I would say, uh, March, April, Mayish, Aprilish, Mayish. Yeah, launch it. Yep, I love it. I love it. So yep. be on the lookout. We're, are we going to get updates on Flavor Gang? 
Instagram. Yeah, yeah we will. Yep. Updates on Flavor Gang Instagram. Make sure to follow Ross on Instagram as well. What's your IG tag? Big underscore booty underscore hole 69. <laughs> you won't change it when this podcast drops. You won't change it for a day. You have no balls. You have no fucking balls. You will not change it for a day when this podcast drops. I'm holding you to it. All right. Loser buys dinner. <laughs> as always, you guys. Till next time. Peace. <laughs>